We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Friday, April 28th episode of the OBR Film Breakdown. I'm your host, Jake Burns. We're checking in after the first round of the NFL draft, which means uh, quite obviously a lot to talk about, digest here. But we're going to do so in a quick fashion because it's midnight and we were live for four hours, three and a half hours. Myself, Andrew Spade is uh, here, is, you know, joining me is this is sort of a pseudo franchise mode, Andrew. But we're going to just talk about the first round where we did, if you pay attention, a mock draft uh, first round, entire first round. We did it with a bunch of the OBR guys, Mike Keith, Brad Ward. Uh, we did that the other day, and we got one right. And, and technically, we got it right in a cheating fashion, which was Will Anderson, who the Texans tra- didn't select it to, moved back up to three to get him. Um, first of all, man, how are you holding up? I got to ask the obligatory podcast question. Are you good? How you feeling? <laughs> I feel good, Jake. It's always, you know, you forget about what a grind the first round of the draft is. It's very weird for a single event to take four hours for 31 draft picks to take four hours. It's really something. Um, but I had a lot of fun on the stream tonight. And, you know, I, I think that's going to be available on, you know, the OBR's YouTube or Twitch. If, if any anybody has an extra four hours lying around this weekend, uh, rewatching the first round on Sunday, I guess, would be a thing to do. Um, but no, I'm, I'm doing good. And, and, and I just, you know, it's it's so funny that every time you you get ready for a draft and, and I mean, people were saying coming into this one, it was going to be unpredictable. And like you just said, it was literally unpredictable in that no one, I mean, I think hats off to Daniel Jeremiah. I think he had the first three picks unfolding the way that they did, or maybe even the first four. That's incredible in, in, in this day and age. And with that, you know, the Texans coming back up to three, um, to predict any of this is just so hard. And so it, it, you, you really have to then just react and, um, it's, there's just a lot to react to, but it's, you know, it's so all f- so fresh that it's hard to know exactly what all the takes are at this point. It is very fresh. We're going to do our best. So, like I said, we only got one of those correct in our attempt. So yeah, shout out to getting that right. I will say something that's cool is we saw Lamar Jackson get paid, which is something I have to just cover completely off 
the draft. Like I'll do that next week. The thoughts around that. So there's a lot to, to, to sort of chew on there, but I will say it's really neat, man. In the league that has shunned black quarterbacks for so long to see Lamar and Jalen hurts get paid the way they did top of the league. And the first three quarterbacks selected in this draft to be black quarterbacks. Like I find that really cool. It's just, it's, it, I think it's a way of thinking the NFL is sort of getting out of those ridiculous dogmatic ways that they have been in, in pushing the envelope forward and uh, understanding that it doesn't matter, man, these guys are good. They're good. Who cares what they look like? Right. Even, even the smaller stature guys, right. That, that's another element to it are getting a chance to shine. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's a great point, Jake. Um, I, I hadn't really thought about it that way, but that's a great point that the Lamar thing getting resolved is obviously as, you know, as people that cover the Browns, Browns fans, you know, that that's a tough one, but, um, your your broader point there is is so true in terms of the the change in the sport and um even something you know like i mean one of the stories obviously of tonight is that will levis didn't get drafted in the first round and anthony richardson went four overall like i think those two things happening simultaneously kind of gives you that idea of how things are changing and um you know it's it's for the better right it's it's the the nfl is at its best when the best players uh you know the, the the there's the largest number of talented quarterbacks and so you can't afford to discriminate on any basis and 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 it's nice to see that those sort of stereotypes are really in the past now yeah i think 2008 will levis is certainly uh probably flipped with anthony rich and yeah. i don't think bryce young maybe this is world war bryce young obviously kyler murray baker mayfield before and talk about the height element those guys are just completely out of the first round altogether so um right. it's changing it's evolving there's there's talent and they're just deciding to risk on talent and i think that that's cool for lack of a better word it's just cool so let's go through it quick man there it was crazy it moved fast the biggest shocker of the night we know bryce young goes one uh even stroud going to houston had put out a bunch of smoke screens that people started to buy into and it's always funny watching people be like what are the texans doing well they clearly were going to take stroud they put out some heavy smoke screens to uh sort of intercept that uh, thought process from a lot of people then the big shock is they trade up they trade up and what was Interesting about the trade up to three is obviously you would have thought they maybe would have taken Will Anderson before and then gone back after a quarterback. But obviously, I think that changes if Stroud was there, some other teams would have been competing against them. So they wanted to take Stroud, compete on a lesser degree, perhaps with Anderson. But the trade they gave up, man, it is mm. it's juicy. The, the, the trade was they go from uh, they send pick 12, which is the Browns original pick, the, the pick 12 in the first round. Also, they send pick 33. And first and third round picks in 2024 to Arizona for the third overall pick and a fourth round pick, pick 105 this year. And the thing that we were all kind of holding our breath about was not only is this a tilted trade towards the Cardinals as is, especially coming up after a non-quarterback in the way they were, even if we like Will Anderson a lot, which a lot of us do, it's a lot to give up for an edge player coming up that way they did is like, okay, clearly their next pick is going to be extremely valuable. We don't have to go through the myriad of ways in which the Texans roster is filled with holes and they're a, a rebuilding organization here. They decided to give their pick next year instead of the Browns pick next year. And I don't, I'm throwing it to you to react to it, but I don't really think there's any other way to react to this other than the Cardinals come out of it as massive winners, right? Yes. Yeah, I mean, I think that's Simply. that's the only way to view it. And I think... <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think I think trading up for, as you said, trading up and giving up a first round pick plus a second and a third, which if you add those together is, again, another the value of another, you know, like late first round pick, especially considering it was 33 was the second round pick. 
um, this year that, you know, so you're talking about the equivalent value of three ones to move, um, you know, from 12 to, to three for a non quarterback is, is just mind boggling. Right. I mean, that's not far yeah. off of the value that, that Carolina gave Chicago to go up to one and get their pick of the quarterback. So to do that mm-hmm. for Will Anderson, when you have players that, I mean, I, I think Will Anderson's a fine player. I think there's, you know, a good chance that he's a, he's a great player for, for, for many years, but I think there's also a world in which Lucas Van Ness is a more productive NFL player than Will Anderson and yeah. the Packers, you know, got him at 13. So like it just, from a value perspective, uh, it, it really boggles the mind and it puts them in a bind now where if the Browns in the way that we're all hoping have a great year next year, you know, the Texans have one first round pick and it's in the twenties. And I know that they think they've got their quarterback of the future, but they are not a Will Anderson away. You add in CJ Stroud, they're not a Will Anderson away from being a playoff team. So, so to not have an early first round pick to continue building this thing next year, it, you know, that, that <laughs> there's a chance that that pick that they gave the Cardinals, that first round pick that belongs to them is a, is a top five pick. And, you know, next year's draft looks, I mean, it's, it's early and, you know, you could say this about every year, but next year's draft looks to be loaded. That could really come back to haunt them in terms of being able to finish this rebuild. I'll give you Nico Collins. They have right. John Mechie coming back from a very serious bout with, uh, I think, a form of cancer. I don't know if it was Hodgkin's lymphoma or whatever. He's coming mm-hmm. back. That's obviously going to take some time. I haven't really seen any updates. Can, can you name another tight end or wide receiver weapon? That, that's going to be there for CJ Stroud on offense? Uh off the top of my head, no, I cannot. And uh yeah, I I no, I can't. Yeah. It's bleak. It's bleak. They have Dalton yep. Schultz. That's the only other one, one that comes to mind for me. Uh again, yep. certainly just off the top of my head about players right. in that organization. Right. So it is they had to know that their pick was more valuable than the Browns pick. It's amazing that that is the mm-hmm. trade. Get right on. Good for I mean, Arizona needed it because if you didn't catch this before the draft, the NFL decided to sneak in this little nugget of news, which was that yeah, Arizona had tampered. Yeah, they buried it real well. They had tampered with Jonathan Gannon to get him. They called him the week after the end. They had contact in a conversation uh, a couple days after the NFC championship game, which you're not allowed to do. Apparently they self-reported and and now apparently in this made up fantasy NFL world, you can have a, an agreement to make a trade based on a collusion claim um, or not collusion claim. It's a uh, uh, help me out here. I don't tampering. know, some sort of tampering bingo uh, tampering charge. So you can just work something out in this fantasy world and they decide to give them pick 66. The Eagles just keep getting richer, which we'll talk about them in a minute. They get pick 66 for like pick 95 or something and another pick in late, late pick in 24. So the Cardinals needed all the help they could get. Going down through the first round, continuing. Will Anderson, it was who he said. Richardson goes at four to the Colts. You don't have to dig too deep into that. That was a fun pick. You and I have been in agreement publicly through Twitch shows and various other conversations about what we like about Richardson. You can go back and watch that if you want it. Just know that both of us are high on him because we like traits and we we're hoping they develop him the right way. Witherspoon, the first corner off the board, a little bit surprising um, given that not totally surprising, just a, a little surprising uh, given some of the concerns about him uh, from a schematic perspective. Uh, next pick is six. The Cardinals move back up. So they go down to 12, they move back up. So now the Cardinals give up 12 to go to six. And they also send number 34 
and 168 to go up and get uh, they go up and get Paris Johnson, the offensive tackle. So that is a big move. Some people thought they could take Paris Johnson at three. There was pretty well sourced information that Paris Johnson was the guy that they preferred. Next is Tyree Wilson. Then kind of a little bombshell happens here that we should discuss. Two running backs go between between picks eight and 12. I think, I don't know if, um, Bijan isn't a big surprise. A lot of people had him as a top 10 player, but having Jameer Gibbs go 12 and really still Bijan going eight to a team that had Tyler Algier, a rookie run for over a thousand yards last year. Is the NFL ever going to catch up with this, this stuff out there? I mean, it's, it's not even a secret anymore. It's so well documented about these running backs, or is it just always going to be, they cannot help but window shop these running backs because those guys going top 12, two running backs, top 12. And we didn't even see a wide receiver go until pick 20. It's a little bit bizarre. I think we were pretty stunned by the Jameer Gibbs selection at 12. And I don't really, I don't think I'd like my franchise doing that. Would you feel upset about the Browns doing that? Granted, say it's a year after they let go of Nick Chubb. I don't want, my organization taking a running back that high again no well, it took me no the second round not so not in the first team. half of the first round i mean maybe you could talk me into something in the late first you know if it's a generational type talent but even then i mean i i think to answer your first question jake i i don't think that the nfl is going to learn because i think that everybody really you know it's very tempting to buy into the illusion of you know the sort of the outlier right that like yeah, in general, it's not good to to draft a running back, but this guy's different. And that seems to be what both yeah. of these teams are kind of telling themselves, right? Is that like, yeah, I mean, generally you don't want to draft a running back, but Bijan Robinson is a top 10 player. And it's like, in a world where positional value exists this way, you know, um, and I'm sure we'll talk about the other Lions pick, which was also positional value, from a positional value perspective, questionable. But in, in a world where you have to account for positional value because the, the whole point of this is that these players, while they're on their rookie deals, even top 10 picks are relatively inexpensive compared to the top of the market. Uh, but running back is one of the few positions where that's not true, right? Because yeah. running yep. back contracts are, are depressed. And so the marginal value that you're getting from a player like Bijan Robinson over the course of his rookie contract he has to immediately, because of the contract he's getting paid from from the eighth slot, he has to immediately step in and play like one of the best running backs in the league. Now he might do that, but you're you're backing him into a corner in terms of his production. And and the thing about the Falcons specifically is that they're doing all of this team building. They have invested in their roster in in a significant way this offseason, and Desmond Ritter is their quarterback. It it just does not feel like they have a plan that matches what the NFL looks like in 2023. This feels like a plan to solve the 20, the 2004 NFL. And it, I just, it, it, it really sticks with me that, you know, I mean, drafting Kyle Pitts where they drafted him and now Bijan Robinson, like those are great players. It's not about the, the player. It's about understanding how you construct a roster and, I said on the Twitch stream, I could see the Falcons making the playoffs with this roster. I, I think they've improved their defense significantly. And I think Arthur Smith, I mean, you mentioned this, is is a great, I think a great offensive play caller, especially on the running game. But their ceiling is is going to be pretty well defined unless Desmond Ritter takes a step that I don't think really any of us expect him to take. 
We do not. I have no faith in Ritter getting to the place they need him to go. And maybe a portion of that is they know if he bottoms out, they're in the fight for Caleb. I don't know. I I really don't. It's a tough thought process to buy into there altogether. Um, I'm not going to sit here and go through every first round pick in the entire draft. I think certain teams stand out. We'll hit on those. Detroit takes Jack Campbell 18th, a player I really love. Um, We probably should have known Dan Campbell was going to draft a tough nosed big linebacker like Jack Campbell. Uh, we should have sniffed that out from a mile away, but they end up surprising everybody taking him 18th. If you were a team like Detroit who has, or Detroit, as I say that wrong, apparently, according to some people, uh, and you had two picks, 12 and 18, and you came out of it with Jameer Gibbs and Jack Campbell, would you be bothered by that outcome or did you not hate it? Well, I mean, yeah, obviously I think bothered, you know, the running back thing is the more egregious of the two. You made a really, I think, uh, effective argument for why Jack Campbell in a draft like this, that that doesn't have a lot of top end talents. By the time you get to 18, a player like Jack Campbell is probably of a, a value just in terms of what he seems like he could become. But yeah, the Jameer Gibbs one is, is, is sticking with me for sure. I mean, you know, Jamison Williams suspended for the first six games. Uh, Amon Ross St. Brown obviously is a good wide receiver. Um, you know, do they have enough there at wide receiver? Like, uh, uh, you know, and I, maybe they didn't love Jackson Smith and Jigba enough to take him 12. But, you know, this is another area where, like, slide down the draft a little bit. Like, if if you like guys that yeah. you think are out of step with where everybody else values them, slide down a little bit. Just slide down a little bit. You know, yeah. that's – there's no harm in that. So, yeah, no, I mean, I, 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 I think it's – you know, they, they showed the draft room tonight and John Dorsey was right there next to Brad Holmes. And you just got to wonder, that guy – has a way of being heard in these offices and he sure it, does. it feels like two John Dorsey selections from the, from the lions tonight. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Next. Uh, I went in on Pittsburgh first of the division here. We'll talk about all three of the division uh, draft selections. Pittsburgh moves from 17 to 14. Now you might ask why um, I think they go to 14 because they thought New York was going to take a tackle and they were keen on Broderick Jones. So that's the why they jumped up and selected him where they did because an offensive tackle didn't go after their pick at 14 until 27 when Anton Harrison went. So Pittsburgh goes up to uh, 17 to 14. They end up giving up pick number 120 to do it. Uh, I think smart by Pittsburgh to invest a tackle where they're pretty depleted. They could have gone corner. They could have taken Uh, either Christian Gonzalez, who slipped a little bit, or Joey Porter Jr., who's still on the board, Um, perhaps even their pick at the top of the second round uh, would fit them pretty well. But, yeah, I I don't hate what Pittsburgh did. I certainly understand why they did it, and it's not a pretty player uh, by any stretch, but a player they they really need. They have to hit on some offensive linemen here. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they need need to improve the offensive line. It makes sense for them. They didn't give up a ton to go from 17 to 14. That's the sort of of trade-up that I will forgive, you know, when you give up a small asset in, in exchange for a, a small move up to make sure you get your guy, like you said, probably was going to New York before the, the Steelers jumped up there and got him. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think, yeah, that, that's, that's a good pick by the Steelers at, at, you know, one of the positions that we know year over year, it makes sense to draft in the first round is offensive tackle. Yeah, good pick by the Steelers. Not pretty, like I said, not a pick you'll or maybe even remember in a year's time, but I think it could be an impactful part of helping them turn around a unit that was pretty bad. Baltimore uh, continuing in the AFC North. Uh, they There's a, a big wide receiver run here from Seattle to LA, Chargers, and then to Baltimore, and then past Baltimore to, to Minnesota. 
four straight wide receivers, the first four to go. 20 is Jackson Smith and Jigba to the Seahawks. 21, Chargers take Quentin Johnston from TCU. Yep, and then uh, Zay Flowers Mm -hmm. goes to Baltimore. And then 23, Jordan Addison goes to USC. So I think if Jackson Smith and Jigba was there, he would have been the pick for Baltimore. It's a pretty big hunch, but they might have loved Zay Flowers, but a completely different looking player and – how how are you how are you feeling about him? I'm 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 not like I think Zay is fine. I think he does a lot of things well. I don't really fear him from a Browns perspective. I understand them taking receiver certainly, um, but I just don't think he's going to ever be like he'd have to be Antonio Brown level at that size to be as impactful. I don't. I think he's a he's a role filling wide receiver. Ultimately, just a, he's a fine type of player. I don't know. What do you think? Do you, am I underselling it? No, I mean, I think, I think that's a, I think that's it. And I think you also, you know, your other point about they probably wanted Jackson Smith and Jigba and, and got beat by two, two, you know, two places there. I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think this is where the, the twenties is where things got real weird with this draft because everybody's just kind of had a different board, you know? And so, um, you know, and, and probably we're not in love with these guys. And I, I would imagine given that there were no trade ups, I would imagine that there weren't a lot of people like kind of clamoring to get into the, you know, there was a few trade-ups within the back half of the first round, but nobody came from the second round in. So it just kind of tells you that, you know, there's a lot of people that were like, okay, let's just keep, let's keep, let's keep turning these picks over and get closer to where we pick because none of these guys are much different from any of the others. So that's kind of how it feels to me. It's like flowers, you know, Quentin Johnston, uh, Addison, these guys are drafted in the twenties, but, I don't know. Do you feel any different about them than some of the guys that'll probably go tomorrow night in the forties? It feels like it's about one no. big kind of group yeah. there. It is. It is a big group and it's just about running into the right teams that need wide receivers at the right time. Right. So right. Um, the yeah. last one's Cincinnati, Miles Murphy, who a lot of people thought would be selected a little higher than this. I think it's for Cincinnati that probably could have taken a tight end. I would have preferred they had taken a tight end. Only one tight end goes in the first round. A little bit of a surprise to some people. Uh, Dalton Kincaid, the Bills trade up for a tight end, which is like they continue to just want to let Josh Allen get murdered. I guess I don't, I don't know, mm-hmm. make up for some things. But uh, yeah, Miles Murphy seems fine. Big prototypical edge size, uh, explosive. So he will be, uh, you know, a powerful force, quick off the football. But he doesn't have a real feel for some necessary moves to create the pressure that doesn't come organically from the traits. I don't mind the pick, though. I mean, they're working with Sam Hubbard, who's kind of, you know, Sam Hubbard's fine. He's just a guy, but you need some of those. And then um, Trey Hendrickson on the other side is a pretty talented player, but he's getting up there a little bit toward the uh, back half of that free agent deal he got a couple years ago. And then they have the other cat uh, uh, who I cannot remember off the top of my head, who was hurt oh, for his first rookie year. Joseph yeah, Osai. who just, you know, obviously was the, the goat of that playoff game. Uh, so there's right. talent there. I, I actually like that pick for them, given what was available at that time. I don't. It's hard for me to say he's going to be Buster, anything like that. I. It's a, a fitting. Like I like taking risks on good athletes, young good athletes. Yeah. He's 21, yeah. so not much yeah. else to say about the Bengals. I don't know if you have anything to add to that, but um, no, I think that sums pick. it up. I mean, it, yeah, I, I think they they definitely were going to invest on the defense, and I think it was just a question of what the value was for them at that spot. So. Makes sense. I mean, yeah, we kind of hope they would take a tight end, but you know, there's so many tight ends in this class that a lot of these teams are probably saying, well, we'll get, we'll get one of them next round. So, yeah. 
the Eagles get the winningest of winning grades, social media heroes, and they deserve it. So they move from 10 to nine, move up one selection with the Bears, which it's interesting because the Bears could have had Jalen Carter had they sat there and just taken him. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of buzz about him before the, you know, the trade happened with Carolina that they were just going to take him first overall. The Bears move back one pick. They get, uh, and they actually, it looks like Eagles sent number 10 and then a 2024 fourth round pick to the Bears for the number nine pick. So they even pushed it back a year, any kind of, um, you know, yep. any kind of compensation. I, I mean, I think the thing with Carter is a team like Philadelphia with a bunch of culture and veterans in that locker room is definitely a better place for Carter to land than the Bears, but. It sort of smells to me like Bears fans could look at this deal in like three to five years and just hate everything about it. You know what I mean? That just reeks of of uh, now and again. We don't know the extent of of everything with the personality stuff from off field stuff from Carter, but it just screams a situation where the Eagles figured out and took him at the right time and all that stuff. Then they also take Nolan Smith later. They take Nolan Smith, the uh, the edge from Georgia. So they're just going to keep drafting Georgia guys. Took Nicobe Dean the year before and took Jordan. Um, uh, big Jordan. What, what's Jordan's last name? As I sit here and it's Davis, too late, it's right? 11, 12, 30. Yes. Davis. See, that's why there's two people here. Uh, Jordan Davis. <laughs> so they're just going to do all Georgia front, like the Ravens mm-hmm. about five years ago, five, seven years ago, did all Alabama players. So uh, mm-hmm. it's not a, it's not a bad strategy if you pick the right sec team at the right time. Uh, but mm-hmm. the Eagles did really damn well here and especially replacing Javon Hargrave and trying to get younger as some of their others along that edge group are, uh, you know, they have the two older aging defensive tag, Brandon Graham, who's sort of an edge hybrid for them. And uh, the other one, the other Fletcher Cox. Right. So they're trying to get younger mm-hmm. there and they do a great job. And, you know, the, the encouraging thing, and I thought you really made a great point about this is, you know, the Browns are obviously less players in the draft right now because of their situation and chasing the quarterback and all that came with that. But you're encouraged because there's such a deep rooted connection between Andrew Barry's thought process and Philly's thought process. And you hope that down the line, as the Browns get through this Watson situation where they're defunct of so many picks, that they can start to manipulate things in a similar fashion, right? I think you made a great point of that during the show, so I don't know if you want to elaborate on that a little bit. But it's encouraging to think that the thought process sort of matches up with that because I I know some people on the show even were like, well, they miss a lot of picks too. The point is they get picks. They stockpile these things, and they cash in enough good ones, right? Right, yeah. And, and you know, the Eagles having that, that top 10 pick was a product of uh, a swap that they made with the saints last year and kind of knowing like we're trading with a team that, that doesn't necessarily have a quarterback in place. So we have a chance of buying a very high pick at a very low cost to ourselves just by moving back a few spots. So um, yeah, I I think, I think Andrew Barry clearly has that same sort of mindset. You know, he, he's shown it. I mean, the trade down last year where they were still able to pick up Martin Emerson and add all those extra draft assets is, is sort of the prototype, but think about doing that in the first round instead of doing that in the, in the second or third round. And it kind of changes the amount that you can bring back. So, you know, obviously yeah. for all of that to happen, you know, they have to get a, a bunch of years here. I mean, Howie Roseman has gone through how many different versions of his career since he's been in Philadelphia, right? He was, <laughs> yeah. he was there and then he, and then Chip Kelly came in and then, you know, he was sidelined for a while during the Doug Peterson era. And then he's got this big comeback now and, you know, so there's a little bit of a survivor element too, which is not maybe the th- a thing that's happened a lot in Cleveland over the years. But, but no, I I, j- I think yeah, you 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 think probably in in four or five years the Browns will have had a chance to 
do the thing where when you're pushing stuff into the future years, it just really starts accumulating. And that's, that's when, you know, the sort of draft strategy that they follow will really start to bear fruit. But as you mentioned, it's been delayed because they traded three draft first round draft picks to the, the Texans. And so they've been doing a lot of sitting on their hands. Well said. Yeah, that's, uh, that's, I have nothing to add. No comments. Perfectly said. Uh, Jacksonville <laughs> is the other team that deserves a little bit of a shout out too. They, they mm-hmm. did a nice job of doing what we would like the Browns to do when they sort of fall back into a similar situation uh, late in the first round again, uh, which is they moved back one pick 24 to 25 with the giants and accumulated pick 160 in the fifth round and 240 in the seventh round. And then again, as the bills came up to sneak up in front of the Cowboys to take a player, uh, that they wanted it tight end to shut the Cowboys off from Dalton Kincaid. They took advantage of that and gathered from uh, the Giants pick 130. So they did a nice job. And then they ended up taking the tackle they need as their situation at tackles a little bit dire. So I think to sum this up, it's it's uh, it was an interesting first round. I don't think anything mind blowing. I think the biggest shockers of the night were coming back up for Will Anderson I think Mm -hmm. the Jameer Gibbs uh, selection garnered a pretty big uh, shock from some of us. Um, Jack Campbell was a surprise. And then outside of that, I don't think there was anything. Am I missing anything there, Andrew, uh, that you can think of? Well, the Will Will McDonald thing for the Jets. That was a surprise. That feels like a classic. The Steelers got ahead of him for the guy they wanted to pick, and they, they didn't know exactly who they wanted. So they. You know, they kind of took a stab in the dark there. But, you know, I mean, as I said before, it was clear from the way people were talking about this draft that people saw, you know, 15 or 18 to 45, 60, pretty similarly. So, you know, yeah. they, they took McDonald there, which was a little bit of surprise. I think Forbes going before Gonzalez, you know, small surprise. But but yeah, I mean, the other the other storyline that people are going to talk about is the whole Will, Will Levis situation. And, you know, I, I know that you mentioned earlier, we, we were both of the opinion that you, you, you draft traits with Anthony Richardson. And my observation would just be, you know, if Anthony Richardson isn't in this draft, then Will Levis is the traits guy, you know, because yeah. he, he is a big athletic quarterback. And so I'm, I'm surprised, you know, I, I think that there are, I mean, you look at what the Buccaneers did, for example, drafting Kalijah Cansey at 19. Uh, I, it's not that I don't like investing on the defensive line, but, if you think Will Levis can be a player, it's that's the sort of spot where it's like you don't really have anybody. You got Kyle Trask and Baker Mayfield. It, you know, draft Will Levis there, see what you have, give yourself a chance. Uh, it's it's interesting to me. There's just a few teams. You know, the 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 Vikings are another one, right? Jordan Addison instead. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Those are those are really the two that jump out. I guess you could say the Lions with Jack Campbell, but yeah, I, I think just not. Nobody's seeming to be interested in giving this guy a chance. And, you know, it might be that stuff comes out tomorrow about, you know, injury or whatever that that has kind of forced him down the board. But it's definitely surprising to me that he didn't even find his way into the first round at all. Yeah, you look at the start of the second. uh, Pittsburgh, I think, feels like they're holding steady. Like, I I think that the Joey Porter pick couldn't be any more of a lock at 32. Yeah, it feels pretty obvious. If they continue to, like, just keep these corners. Now, obviously – Brian Branch is available. He could be of interest to somebody too, but then it goes Cardinals. So the lions could try to get out in front of a quarterback. You can see the Rams at 36 take a stab because of yeah. Matt Stafford's prolonged health issues. You could see Seattle well, and, double and, up, uh, right? Maybe in Gino. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. I was just going to say Liam Cohen was the OC at Kentucky for one of Levis's years and he's back Good in call. LA now. So that's a, 
there's a connection there. If any, if, if anybody likes him, it would be somebody that has worked with him like that. So that, that one actually makes a ton of sense for, for where the Rams are at. Yeah. Then you look 37 Seattle potential, small potential. I think they, they would still rather mm-hmm. just ride the things out with Gino. Uh, the same with uh, the, the the Las Vegas Raiders. I think either of those teams, team two teams, if they like them, should take them because, you know, it's mm-hmm. Gino who's got a deal, but there's a way out of that deal. And so obviously Jimmy G is, uh, you can always do better. And then right. uh, 42, or sorry, pick 41, you go Tennessee, mm-hmm. uh, who in the first round, Tennessee took Pete uh, Skaronsky, the Northwestern offensive lineman. So they could be in line or even a potential move-up mm-hmm. team. I look for move-up teams. The Raiders or Titans smell like teams that could move up there. And then mm. the next team, I would say 47, the Commanders, uh, potentially. Sure. So anyway, here's what the rest of the NFC, or sorry, AFC North. The Steelers pick 32. The Steelers again pick 49. Um, the Bengals pick 60. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think this is the second round pick that the Ravens sent for Roquan, so they don't have the yep. second round choice. That's right. And then... Uh, that is it before the Browns get up at 74. So yeah, we're going to take a break. When I come back from break, it's going to be me solo. I'm going to go through the best available tomorrow. And then my guy at every position, I would like to see them. If I had my choice of one player at the positions uh, out there, I would give you my guy uh, that's available, obviously, because they can't draft somebody who's been selected. I've heard that's frowned upon. It will not be allowed yeah. by the league. So really. won't be doing that. So Andrew, thanks for being here, buddy. I appreciate you taking time as it is now well past midnight. And I don't take that for granted. So thanks, Ben. It's a pleasure, Jake. Yeah, it's uh, good to wrap up the draft. And uh, who knows? Maybe I'll see you tomorrow night. (laughs) Oh, we'll be together tomorrow night in some form or fashion. And then we'll try to get Andrew's opinions uh, over the weekend for the podcast, too. So thanks to him again. We'll be right back. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, so now we're on the hunt for best players available still on the board. We talked about Will Levis obviously topping many lists. Michael Mayer, Joey Porter Jr., Brian Branch, Luke Musgrave, Hendon Hooker had some buzz that he could sneak in as a quarterback late into that first round. He is uh, obviously not even remotely discussed as Will Levis didn't get selected, so that would tell you a story in and of itself. Steve Avila, the TCU guard, Keanu Benton, Wisconsin defensive tackle Jonathan Mingo the wide receiver from Ole Miss Darnell Washington the tight end from Georgia Joe Tittman of Wisconsin interior offensive lineman Tyreek Stevenson the Miami cornerback Osiris Torrance the Florida guard would be the first guard him and Steve Avila are fighting for that distinction Sam Laporta from Iowa a tight end Julius Brents Kansas State corner 
Keon White, a defensive end, uh, more of a pure edge out of Georgia Tech. B.J. Ojolari, also a bit more of a 3-4 outside backer, but can be an edge as well out of LSU. And then, you know, it's just people's opinion. Keely Ringo, uh, the Georgia corner, Adetome Adebaware, um, you know, Matthew Bergeron, the Syracuse offensive tackle, Trenton Simpson, the Clemson inside linebacker. I made you a promise that once the first round cleared, I would go position by position to tell you the one guy that I hope the Browns are able to select. So let's do that now as we close this podcast out. Uh, and just a reminder, the Browns pick at 74 late in the third round and then even later with pick 98. So two selections, not guaranteed because obviously they could trade out of any of those selections and move down and gather ammo for the 2024 draft. So be prepared for that. As a reminder, the Browns traded down last year. They could do it this year. They technically have already traded down. And if you want to think of it, they selected an early second round wide receiver in Elijah Moore. So again, think of it that way if you would like. Going through what's available running back wise, don't expect these guys to have a play for the Browns in the third round. Certainly more of an early Saturday angle. If I could have one player from the running back group among the top five that are listed, boy, there are a lot of really good players sitting here. Zach Charbonnet, Kendra Miller, De- Devon A. Chain, Rashawn Johnson, Tank Bigsby, Israel Abinaconda, Dwayne Brown, Zach Evans. I would vote Tank Bigsby from Auburn. That'd be the guy I would really like the Browns to come out of this draft with. And we will obviously refresh this for you on your uh, Saturday pod that will get you ready for the third round. Wide receiver, again, big group of guys here that are interesting players. Jonathan Mingo, Jaden Reed from Michigan State, Jalen Hyatt, Cedric Tillman, Marvin Mims, Josh Downs, Nathan Dell, Tank Dell from Houston, Tyler Scott, A.T. Perry, Rasheed Rice, Parker Washington. Boy, there's a lot of good names there. If I could pick one right now, I'm holding steady on my Tyler Scott love. I think he's going to fit where they're going to be available, Cincinnati prospect there tight end if the Browns were to select a tight end and boy there are a lot of good ones sitting there you know I love Brenton Strange Penn State product again at the top though Michael Mayer Luke Musgrave Darnell Washington Sam Laporta Tucker Craft five good tight ends sitting there for your second round I would vote Brenton Strange the Pitt uh, Pitt, uh, sorry Penn State tight end offensive tackle if I could pick one Matthew Bergeron is available Dewan Jones uh, Cody Mauch from North Dakota State, Tyler Steen, Blake Freeland, Wanya Morris, Peter Carter, Jalen Duncan, all available. I would take Blake Freeland from BYU, who fits a lot of the age guardrails and athletic score guardrails. Offensive guard, um, a guy outside of this group, I, I think Braden Daniels would be fun. Obviously, the Utah product that we've talked a lot about, but I would vote Chandler Zavala, the kid from NC State, would be my selection of guys available don't think he makes it anywhere near where the Browns would want to take a player like that. Maybe Anthony Bradford from LSU, also a guy that you would consider there. But my top of the list, one player is Chandler Zavala. Defensive end, edge, a lot of good players here. Keon White, Addy Adebaware, Derek Hall, Byron Young, Isaiah Foskey, Tuli, Tulipalotu. Uh, I think that that would be who I'd go with. If I could select one guy that might fall into that range at 74, slight move up. That's Tuli, Tui Pulotu. From USC, that's my one guy. Defensive tackle, again, we talk about Keanu Benton, Zach Pickens, Jervon Dexter, Siaki Aika, Byron Young, Jacqueline Roy, Jalen Redman. I would take Colby Wooden out of Auburn. Really like the flexibility out of Colby Wooden. He's the one guy I would take that fits in the range for the Browns. Inside linebacker at the top. We'll see if he ends up sticking around later. Trenton Simpson is my one guy I would love the Browns to get. Again, feels like a bit of a pipe dream if you're saying, Jake, be more realistic if you can. Again, Drew Sanders from Arkansas, Dan Henley, Washington State, Henry 2020. I probably jacked his name up. Sorry, Henry. I need the pronunciation guide in front of me. Uh, Alabama, 
DeMarvin Overshone from Texas, Marte Mapu, Sac State. I would go Dorian Williams, Tulane would be the dream linebacker selection for me. If you're looking more outside linebacker, these are typically more of your rush guys. The most realistic of all, there's two guys I find to be the most realistic. Yasir Abdullah from Louisville, a little higher than that. Nick Herbig, Wisconsin. Herbig being the selection for me. Uh, I don't think he's going to be there. I think Ojolari is the pipe dream. I think he will be gone. Herbig is the guy who's of most interest to me. At corner, you're always looking more slot corner uh, with these guys because the Browns are tilting that way. Two guys stand out to me at the top of the list. Actually, I'll give you three. Uh, DJ Turner is at the very top end of that, the Michigan product. The next one will be Clark Phillips from Utah. Tons of ball production at Utah. Great player, All-American. And then Ja'Korian Bennett. And that Ja'Korian Bennett player will be the one that I picked that the Browns will come out of this with. If I can pick one player, then safety, last but certainly not least, Brian Branch, Jair Brown, Sidney Brown, Jartavius Martin, Quan Martin, Jordan Battle, Antonio Johnson, J.L. Skinner, to name a few of who are available, Jamie Robinson as well. I would take Quan Martin from Illinois, who has such a versatile skill set to play and have an immediate impact in a future big-time role in this Browns defense. Quan Martin, that's who I take. Jamie Robinson could certainly talk me into that. It's going to be fun. There are going to be a lot of talented guys, I think, at 74-98 that the Browns could take. Uh, It's going to be, uh, again, like I've said, this is a weird middle uh, of the draft where the values of guys who are going to go 35 all the way out to 75 into the 100 range are not going to be that much different. And I think the Browns have a chance to get some good players here, and they have such a a bevy of picks that late Friday into, into early and middle Saturday are going to be a lot of fun. Tune into the OBR. I'm putting out another mock draft for you tomorrow, which is going to be a similar one to what we've always done, largely because it's going to have uh, first-round players that were limited. Maybe like Jack Campbell has been the guy that we've sort of mocked, but pretty much everybody else has been well out of range, Jack Campbell being the biggest surprise. So, uh, again, we'll update that. Have one more mock for you, that 75th day of the mock experience, and then your Cleveland Browns get to make some selections. That draft starts at 7 o'clock. Coverage-wise, we'll be there. The OBR will all through the entire second and third rounds. So check us out. Join us. Over 200 people for a first round that the Browns didn't even make a selection, which is crazy. We love you guys. So come join us. Hang out. Talk Browns. Talk about players we know a lot more information about, certainly, because these are guys we've studied around their range and have a good time with us. So uh, NFL Draft Weekend, one of the best weekends of the NFL calendar. Come join us. Check out the OBR's content. Should be fun. Have a great Friday, everybody. Thanks for listening, and I can't wait to hang out with you a little bit later for the live show. We'll catch you then. Go Browns.